Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, The Life, you'll study the life of Jesus. Who is he? What is he really like? Does he care about me? Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. They found biblical answers and now share their experience of freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And here we are again on Freedom to Choose on the series The Life. And we're actually on program number 54. Um, and we're going to talk, be talking about uh, the children once again, and we're going to probably bleed into the the rich young ruler, and uh, and talk a, a little bit about him as well, because he was there when Jesus. Uh, I I believe he was there when they they brought the children to Jesus, and he was kind of saw that maybe, and it caused him to chase after Jesus. Probably, uh, I know a lot of the things that I see Jesus do caused me to chase after him. Uh, in particular, when when he realizes in. Uh, I believe it's in John 13 when when he realizes that the entire universe is given to him and he girds his loins and he kneels down and he washes a dozen pair of dirty feet. And, you know, the more we look at Jesus, the more we see how he treated everybody with dignity and respect, the more we see how he came to serve, the more we see how he forgave his enemies, the more we see how he talked to anybody that would talk to him. I think the the picture that's revealed of God in Jesus Christ is just mind-boggling. Right, and that's exactly, we believe that's why Jesus had to come, because there were being so many lies and so many um, untruths told about God and taught about God, and I think that that can carry over to to today as well, that um, human beings... um, uh, can sometimes be a hindrance to um, people t- for them to come to God. It's kind of like I think we've talked about it in the past. We have a hummingbird feeder, and every season we have one that come, uh, Rufus comes in, and it's this super aggressive hum- hummingbird, and it prevents all the rest of the hummingbirds from feeding. So I think sometimes as Christians, maybe not meaning to, sometimes we can stand in the path of somebody seeing a truer picture of who God is. I think we all, that's going to be the best part of heaven is that we're going to get to see God clearer and clearer and clearer and learn more and more every, every moment that we're there so that we can better understand who he is and why things happened. And I just think that that's going to be a part of the glory of heaven. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know we have a tendency to make God in our own image rather than uh, in his image. Right. You know, we, we fight, we war, we try to scramble to get to the, to the highest position, to get into the group that is the in-group. And then once we get there, we try to keep everybody else out of that in-group. And I don't know whether you kind of see that with the disciples. They're all around Jesus, and then they're kind of like, 
the guardians of Jesus. Don't let the kids get near him. Don't talk to that woman. You know, don't touch that uh, woman with the issue of blood. What is going on here? You know, and t- and I think we have a tendency to do that. Right, and so that's that's why Jesus is all inclusive. Yeah, you know, that's that's part of his nature, and um, and I think that that's that's one of his godlike qualities is that he is inclusive no matter what um, your background or your yeah. age or, or anything. So. Yeah. Susan, would you open with a word of prayer, please? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity we have to um, talk about your glory and how you displayed it in the life of Jesus to an erring and sinful human race and how um, you just desire us to understand more and more day by day your true character. And so we just pray now that you send your Holy Spirit to be with everyone who's listening, that uh, our minds can be enlightened with truth and love. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, also, I just kind of want to, I just, every once in a while, something comes to my mind and I wanted to want to talk about it. There's, there's just, there seems like right nowadays, there, there's so much change going on. You know, there's just, I know in our lives, there's a lot of change. And when I talk to other people, there's just, Things are happening. It seems like they're happening faster. There are. Uh, it's like things aren't stable in yeah. a way. It, it's not that it's like completely unstable, but there's. I think that there's a lot that we there's a lot of unknown. Yeah, and I think that sometimes there can be a lot of fear when you don't know what's going on, whether it be like a medical diagnosis or, or um, you know, what's happening in your future or or any type of, of thing that you, you know, we can't see into the future. So it's difficult sometimes. And I think God desires us if, if we're going through something like that to become more and more connected to him so that regardless of what happens in this world, we can be um, secure in his love and, and know that he has a, he has a future for us. Yeah. You know, and the devil, he thrives on that, on, 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 placing us in a place of fear and I know it, it works really good with me if I with everything going on and I start thinking about everything that's going on well I got to do this and this might happen and this might happen and this and the next thing you know uh, we can get really I mean someone can get a hold of you anytime night or day right you know um, you, we get inundated with emails we get inundated with texts. Uh, there's so much media bombarding us all the time that it seems like the days are just flying by. Mm-hmm. We're exhausted at the end of the day. You can't shut your brain off because there's still stuff rattling around. And I think the devil thrives on that. I think he loves it when our days fly by and we don't even know what happened, can't remember what happened. All we know is we were busy. Right. And the thing is, is all the modern conveniences don't necessarily mean that they're convenience. They no. may be modern, but they're not. It's the same. It is like with our phones and our emails and our texts. People can, um, you know, uh, reaches at any time, and a lot of times we feel a burden to respond. Yeah. And um, I liked it back when the telephone was connected to the wall. <laughs> that and, you know... we Or I, to a cord, right? Yeah. We watched a movie the other day that was in the early 1800s, and just for the guy to wash his hands, he goes outside, he hits the pump, he pumps a bowl of water, or a pitcher of water, then he goes in and he dumps the pitcher into the bowl, then he washes his hands, and, you know... Um, now you you wash your hands in you know twenty seconds and don't even think about it. 
back then, you know, it was a 20-minute trip to, to do that. And naturally, you would go out there and probably notice something else and even get distracted and not worry about it because you weren't in a real big hurry well, anyway. Well, I think, I think our capacity for appreciating the little things in life gets lost because we're not, we know we're so focused on the next big thing and we, we lose the, um, the very capacity to, to, um, you know, like Jesus taught in metaphors and, and through nature. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, we, we all go to the, not us, but a lot of people will go to the grocery store and buy your stuff that's already grown. So we don't mm -hmm. have the experience of working a garden mm -hmm. and working with bugs. And I think we were going to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, and, and this is how Jesus, you know, when they brought children to him and I can, I'm, I'm using a little bit of uh, sanctified reasoning here, but uh, children didn't have to unlearn anything, you know, with the Pharisees and a lot with a lot of us. And I'll include myself in that bunch we got a lot of beliefs that are a little bit twisted up. Mm -hmm. And so when God wants to talk to us, we, I, I know for me when I got clean and sober, I had to unlearn so much. But, oh. but the beautiful thing was is you didn't have the trappings of, of religion. And, I, I right? didn't have so that. that was a blessing. But I did have to unlearn a lot of behavioral oh, things. Yeah. And I can imagine that, that uh, yeah, like you say, we call them trappings, whatever you want to call them, of, of misconceptions or misbeliefs of God, about God. They have to be unlearned. Uh, but Jesus came down to the children's level, and he always—we know he did it with the children because he always came down to our level, too. He's always coming down to the level that we're at to try to get to us, to try to get our attention, isn't he? To try to reach us. And yeah. he planted in, in the minds of the children the truth, the seeds of truth, and then years later— that would spring up and bring fair fruit unto eternal life, and that's exactly how God works. He He implants um, uh, principles, yeah, and then as those principles grow, and if you continue to um, exercise the principles that you've been taught, then they um, begin to permeate your whole character. Yeah, and and if, whether it be bad or good, bad or good, right. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we, we talk about it before, but you know, all I, I know when Susan grows her tomatoes, she does it a certain way. She drives a stake in the ground or a post or whatever, and she trims them and she ties them to that post and she keeps trimming the lower ones that don't have any, um, little flowers on them. And so you get a, you get a fairly tall plant with a lot of, a lot of fruit on it. It's a lot of work, but through that work, the weeding and the watering and all that stuff, she's not actually growing the tomatoes. She's doing the things that encourage the growth, but she's not growing them. And it's the same thing that, you know, when we, when we read the Bible or we, or we listen to God or we, or we see God through Jesus, we, if we continue to do that with looking at that picture of God that is revealed in Jesus, the growth will happen. Those are the things that encourage the growth is to keep our eyes on Jesus. You want to see an, an interesting comparison. Look at God on the cross and then look at humanity around him at the same time and what is happening. Mm -hmm. Humanity is frothing at the mouth wanting to kill 
And God is allowing his creation to do that and forgiving them in the process. Well, and it's interesting. So they're wanting to kill, but he's wanting to save. Give life. Right. And that's what God is all about. And that's so that's interesting because that's the two sides, right? One brings life mm-hmm. and the other brings death and destruction. And you see it just head on at the cross, the devil influencing these men and this crowd to put their creator on the cross and the creator saying, I love you so much, I will allow you to do that. Not only will I allow you to do that, I will forgive you. So I, uh, there's an author, and I can't remember what um, the name is, but they said that you should contemplate the la- the um, the last moments of Jesus's life and the cross for like an hour a day. And I think that now that I look at it from where I'm at today, is that, so do I contemplate the good versus the evil? You know, so mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, okay, well, God gave everything and he saved and, and look at how good he was and everything. But then I think it's also to look at the dichotomy to like what you said, to look at the differences and to really recognize that those two forces are active in my brain, mm-hmm. right? Every yep. single day. And who am I, who is my allegiance given to mm-hmm. throughout the day? And as I begin the day and when I end the day is who's taking over, you know, the garden of my heart. Right, right. And, you know, and and then to understand that when the wind blows or, or, things in the weather happened with the plants in your garden that it actually strengthens them right you know and so that gives us another explanation of god allowing things to happen that that can strengthen us right you know right because we're not we're not saved from the fire we're saved through, through the it, fire right so jesus walks through us walks with us through the trials that we yeah. come upon this life he he can't take us away, but he's definitely there to be with us. Yeah. And all these things that, you know, the bad things that happen, they're not of God. Right. God can make something good happen when something bad happens. But you'll have to remember that that's the devil's business is creating the havoc, uh, the devil wanting death in you, and God saying, here I am, look at me on the cross, I want life for you. Right. This is what I will go through, this is what you're worth. Right. Yeah. Um, so, in dealing with the children, um, Jesus followed the method of the gardener. It's not just for the children or the newcomer or the addict um, that we treat them with kindness and with grace. I'm glad you said that because... The way you treat people is an evangelistic tool if it's done with a sincere heart. Now, you remember, I I was hoping we'd get to this. You remember the rich young ruler right after his encounter with the children is when Jesus met the the rich young ruler. Right. And And when he had gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I might inherit eternal life? The young man who asked these questions was a ruler. He had great possessions and held a position of responsibility. He probably saw the love that Christ had manifested towards the children that were brought to him. Maybe he saw how tenderly he treated them and how he looked up to 
took them up in his arms, which was a he, peculiar thing in that day. Right, yeah. He felt a desire to be his disciple deep down inside. You know, he was moved. And he ran after Jesus, and he asked, asked us a sincere question. Good master, what shall I do that I might inherit eternal life? And Jesus answers, why do you call me good? There is only one that is, there is no good but one, and that is God. So Jesus was testing the ruler's sincerity. Did he realize that the one to whom he was speaking was the Son of God? What was the true sentiment of his heart? You know, and I think this guy had a high estimate, estimate, estimation of his own righteousness. I don't think there was anything wrong with the way he was, but it just I get this feeling that he wasn't satisfied. And maybe Jesus could, you know— what he saw in Jesus, the way he was treating the children, maybe he could get a little bit of that. Uh-huh. And in reply to this question, Jesus told him that obedience to the commandments of God was necessary. If he would obtain eternal life, and he quoted several of the commandments, which showed the man's duty to his fellow man. The ruler's answer was positive and said, all these things I have done and I've kept from my youth. So what do I lack? Okay, and here's the key. This is the key of the whole story. And we talked last time a little bit about the difference between a contract and a covenant. And Jesus says, one thing thou lackest, if thou will be perfect, go and sell all that thou hast and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. In other words, the difference between a contract and a covenant right here. A lot of us want this contract with God, and we want acquittal from our sin, if you will. Jesus is telling this this rich young ruler, I want a covenant with you. And what what is in the way right now between me and you? I want to get it out of the way. And he said, because the, the, the rich young ruler, with his contract relationship with God, was keeping all these commandments so he could get an acquittal. And, in, and and Jesus is saying, you don't have love in your heart. Mm-hmm. You don't want a covenant with me. Right. And what the, what's, what's between me and you right now is you're trusting in your riches. And if you, you know, if you, if you can choose not to trust in your riches and trust in me, that gets that out of the way and you and I get closer. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is trying to remove these things that we have between us and, and, get us closer to him. Right. So it was that vital principle that, you know, he needed to have God in his heart, and that's what he lacked. Right. And unless it was supplied to him, he would it would be proved to be fatal to him. His whole nature would become corrupted. And by indulging his selfish nature, the, that characteristic would strengthen. And the only way for him to accept the love of God was for his love of self to be surrendered. You know, and that's a hard one. Well, you know, I think that's that's the the human condition, right? Is selfishness, selfishness, and and fear. Jesus, yeah, Jesus read right into it, and he said, "Okay, yeah, you can be anybody can be my disciple, but if you love yourself more than me, you're going to have a problem." In other words, if you're if if you're trusting in riches or trusting in um, uh, getting your pain relief in alcohol or getting your pain relief in women or getting your pain relief by having a bunch of money in the bank. D- you you know you need to get your healing from me because those things won't heal right. long it's term. It's temporary. It's all temporary. Right. And that's at the root of all addiction. 
is the root of all addiction is us constantly looking for that temporary fix. That's why they call it a fix. It's a t- temporary. So, you know, he gave him a test. He called on him to choose between heavenly treasure and worldly greatness, or I wouldn't even want to call it worldly greatness. I want to call it a, a, a sense of security that is not God. And the, you know, this is, a, this is a hard thing. This is at the root of our relationship with God, is what are we going to trust in? Um, God's holiness was offered to this young ruler, and he saw it. He saw that holiness by how he treated the children. And he has the privilege of becoming a son to God if he can understand that he lacks love in his heart. And he must take up the cross and follow Jesus in that path of self-denial, which is what love does. Mm-hmm. It's an invitation to all of us, isn't it? Right. Is Because it, t- it takes a lot of self-examination to find out what your go-to is. You know, what, what is my go-to? What, in other words, when something gets poked at, is that when I get upset and is that when I lose confidence and whatever it is that got poked at is that what you know do I get upset mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying uh, there's an old saying you throw a rock in a in a flock of turkeys the one that squawks the one that got hit what is it in your life that when it gets disrupted really messes with your uh how I want to say it your well-being mm-hmm. you know um, and Jesus is, Jesus poked at him, and he poked at what was the problem, which was him trusting in riches, and it hurt. And the rich young ruler went away sad mm-hmm. because he trusted in himself and he trusted in his riches. Um, nowadays, above anything, it's easier to trust in all the things because we have so many things. Right. We have so many things. Right. Choose this day who you will serve, Joshua twenty four fifteen. The choice was left with the rich young ruler. Did he want to take things out of the way and get himself closer to God? Or was he content with just the way things were, the way things are? You know, and that's a question I think God asks all of us. Right, and the, the interesting thing was that the heavenly treasure was, was promised to him. Right, Jesus said, "You will have, you will lack nothing if you will follow me." So, Christ assured him that um, everything would be given to him if he would just, you know, let go of his selfish nature. And yeah, um, he chose not to. Yeah, and so we look around today when we have all of our needs met, we have everything we need, everything we want. We can, we want to talk to somebody uh, in Africa. We can pick up the phone and call right. them. We want to. We need something. We need a shot for our donkeys. Susan can order that on Amazon. You know, we need whatever whatever we need. I need to get an appointment for my blood drawn. I email my doctor the next night. I've got next day. I've got an appointment to get a, a my blood drawn for a test. We can at any time right now. We can get whatever we need, and it's kind of easy to trust in all these abilities. Right. And, you know. In all of this ease right. to say things things are going on, yeah, do I need that? Yeah, I can get it. 
Do I need that? Yeah, I can get it. Right. I, it's right here. It's at the tip of my fingertips on this little phone. Mm-hmm. And so where is God at in all that? Right. You know, it's so easy. We to come, tr- right. We become so self-reliant. Self-reliant. That. And, and the devil loves that. And he says, now if I take away a little of their self-reliance, they'll, they'll be in fear. Right. You know, and that's where I got them right where I want them. But they haven't trusted in God for so long because they've been so self-reliant that they won't know how. Mm-hmm. And that's the danger now. That's the danger of, of living in this day and age when things are moving so fast. And we look up and the day's gone by and we wonder what happened and why we had the busies. And the busies got us again and we had no time for God. Boy, the time has gone by. We've got to wrap it up again. Once again, folks, uh, please go to our website, www.justasiamministries.com. All these programs are there. There are resources we can send out as well, books and good things like that. Um, And so Susan will get them out to you. And just remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle, and you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening, and remember... You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.